about the world series we got the astros we got the phillies peter thinks that one of those teams is going to win i think arm and i think that the other team is going to win uh because that's how this works peter did not pick this because he felt strongly about it he, he picked it because jack and arm were going the other way but you got all three of not us true. This baseball show thursday october 27th phillies strohs what's going on it's going to be uh nola and likely verlander game one Game two going to be Wheeler and likely Valdez. Uh, and then you go to what? Ranger and Javier. And then game four, we'll see what the Phillies do. And then the Astros side is going to be McCullers. Uh, dude, tough. Where do we want to start? First, I want to start by turning around the lie you just said off the top. <laughs> um, because I wrote my betting preview on justbaseball.com before I even heard your guys' predictions. And I hope that you guys read it. And then now you have picks on the other side. So I actually think I came out with my pick first and that both of you think I'm stupid. So you're going the other way rather than the other way around. So I'd like it on record that Jack lied off the top and my correction will be correct or my prediction will be correct. And I just sat here. I didn't do anything. (laughs) I didn't do anything. My hands are clean. Um, I read the gambling preview. Uh, We'll, we'll get into like some of the little things too, because I'm very fascinated at, by the idea of who could win the MVP for the World Series. I think that'll be a very fun conversation. Obviously, we'll talk about the whole series. Um, I'm interested in, and this was something I was thinking about like when I was in bed last night. I was like, how are we going to talk about the World Series? Because obviously, I could set the stage of Astros really good, Phillies really hot. What's going to give? That's, of course, the narrative here. But What is the feasible way that the inferior team on paper beats the better team? How do the Phillies win this World Series is how I really want to start this off with with everybody's thoughts on this. Like what and you you predicted it in the the gambling article. And then I want to hear Jack's thoughts, too. How do the Phillies win this world? They can obviously do it. It's baseball. Anything can happen. But I would love to, like, talk it out. How do the Phillies do this thing? How do they beat one of the more well-constructed teams we've seen in a long time? Do you think that before we do that, kind of talk about how both of these two teams got here, Mm -hmm. right? The track to get here, because both were really, really different. The Astros were supposed to be here, and the Phillies weren't supposed to be here. The Astros won seven straight games to get here. The Phillies were underdogs in every series, I guess, except the Padres, but they acted as the favorites in every single series. Because I think it's interesting, right? The Braves were statistically much better than the Phillies. And look how that series ended up. But, you know, I was on the phone with Jack and, you know, we were having a good conversation. And then Arm, we were just in the just baseball office where you can see that you're recording right now. We were just talking about momentum. And while the Phillies were hot, like I'm going to go through my entire thought process probably later when we get to actually dissecting the series. But Jack made a very important point about will the break 
that we've experienced between the end of the championship series to the World Series actually halt the Phillies' momentum? I think it's an interesting discussion, too. And we're going to get to all that. But why don't we start with how these two teams got here, right? Yeah. Um, all right. So we'll, we'll start with the Astros, who are 7-0 and in this postseason so far, <laughs> despite Jose Altuve not getting a hit um, until his final game of the ALCS. It's a 7-0 and team that really doesn't feel like a 7-0 and team because it was a Robbie Ray cement-mixing slider that ended the Mariners in game one of the ALDS, right? Jordan Alvarez with that walk-off shot. After that, it was this back and forth and back and forth game two, and Jordan with that opposite field homer that found the Crawford boxes sealed the deal in game two. Then the Strohs win a game one nothing in 18 innings to sweep the Mariners, which was just crazy. And and then the Yankees, yeah, the Yankees sucked offensively. I don't want to spend any more time on the Yankees because we spent enough time on the Yankees on uh, the Monday episode, I think that was. But the Yankees didn't hit, yet they still found themselves in pretty much every game. So this is a team that by no means is hot. They've just been better than yes. the two teams that they've seen previously. And you can't say that about the Phillies, right? The Phillies were the team that might have gotten by with St. Louis beating themselves in the wild card series. And then you go to the NLDS and it was some big time homers from Bryce Harper. Yes, it was a couple of good homers from Reese Hoskins, but it was just a pouring on and Zach Wheeler helped the offense to take down the defending champs and then Obviously, we we saw magic happen offensively for the Phillies in uh, in the NLCS. And even before that, like just the Astros from the beginning of the year, like I said, that they were supposed to be here. The Astros opened it as minus 140 to win their division. They had the lowest odds in the American League at plus 450, and they had the second best odds at plus 900. Carlos Correa leaves, and they plug in a rookie from the University of Maine, a third rounder. His name was Jeremy Pena, who ended up winning the ALCS MVP. The I think the like the starting rotation was better than I think people thought, and I think people thought that it would be one of the best. Like I think people thought that Justin Verlander would be great. Did we think that he could win a Cy Young? And I don't know if he will, but I think it's assumed at this point yeah, that he will win I'd a Cy Young. I'd be shocked if he didn't. Who's like, going to win it? Valdez takes that next leap. Christian Javier transitions from like a bullpen swingman role to one of the best pitchers in the American League. You know, Lance McCullers is still kind of banged up and then comes back in August and is dominant. Luis Garcia fills in a great back end role, just dominant once again. And Jose Arquiti even had an ERA under under four. And then you get to the bullpen. They had a 2-8-0 bullpen ERA. It was the best in the sport. But even during the trade deadline, they weren't crazy electric. They, they need, added they didn't need they, to be Trey Mancini, who has been probably the worst hitter in the postseason for them. Christian Vasquez has acted as a backup catcher. And I think Christian Vasquez like would be the starter on 15 other teams. I don't think that's too much. And even Will Smith. Like, have we even barely seen Will Smith in the playoffs this season? Yeah. And uh, then, it, then they swept their way. They had a 219 run differential. They should be here. 
I agree. And, and the craziest part is I would have said, you know, a big reason why they were so dominant in the regular season beyond the pitching is, is what Jose Altuve did this year. Yes. And that's the wild part is, is the Astros are here and winning through the postseason. They haven't lost yet. And Jose Altuve hasn't done anything, right? He's been horrible, as, as Jack mentioned, in the postseason. This year was arguably one of his best seasons of his career. I would say probably his second best besides 2017, where he had a 7.5 F4 at age 27. But to, to do what he did this year, 6.6 F4, 164 WRC plus was one of the best all-around players in the, in the game. I mean, 28 homers, 18 bags. Everything was great for him this year. And they're winning without him. Like, couldn't you see Altuve just kicking into gear and in this World Series? Because this is a guy that he's been there. He's struggled. He's had highs, lows, everything in between. I don't really expect him to, like, let this mount. He showed some signs of life in, in the championship series. But all that to say, like, Kyle Tucker didn't take the leap that I thought he was going to make. I highlighted him as, as, as an MVP candidate. I thought he was going to take that big leap. He didn't. He had a good year, but he didn't take that huge jump. Uh, you know, Altuve ended up being the guy that really bounced back. Bregman makes that big turnaround this year and looks like the guy that, you know, he was that we kind of discredited. I did. I was like, oh, maybe he was one of the bigger benefactors from the scandal. Clearly, he's figured things out. He was not healthy and looks really good again. I just look at this team, and there's so many different guys that can step up for the Astros. But the thing about the Phillies is you you can make that same case. It might not be as sexy, but Reese Hoskins can step up, get hot, and win you a series. JT Real Muto can impact the game in so many ways. I mean, he's the best catcher in baseball, and there's no doubt about it. Uh, Bryce Harper, as we've seen, can carry you. Schwarber, when he's hot, Goes on stretches of that are unparalleled in, in the game's Bond. history. He's up there with anybody. If you go by stretches, I was using that on stat head because you can go on like streaks. There, some of his streaks rival anybody who's ever played the game. So that's what's really interesting about this. We always talk about the postseason being who can get hot at the right time. What scares me about the Astros is they haven't even gotten hot yet. The Phillies have gotten hot. That's how they got here. Can that wave keep going or are the Astros going to get hot and make this thing short? So again, we we circle back to what you brought up, Peter. It's did the break hurt the Phillies, right? Did did they cool off or is it going to be the Astros, you know, get this break when their offense is finally starting to click and they're all of a sudden out of rhythm again? It's it's a really hard question and I'm blanking on who tweeted this out, but I saw this a couple days ago. Um there were two guys that threw for the Houston Astros this year that finished the year with an ERA over 4. Ronel Blanco Seven appearances, totaling six and a third innings, had a 7-1-1 ERA. And then Pedro Baez threw two and a third innings for the Houston Astros. He allowed three earned runs. Like We call the Astros perfect. They're not perfect. I mean, look at that. The, so, those 13 innings sucked. What I will say is, and I actually think those were, what, eight and two-thirds innings that I just mentioned? Yeah, eight and two-thirds innings. So fewer than nine innings have not been even a game by guys, not even a game, have been thrown by guys with an ERA over four. And I, I wish I had this tweet in front of me because it was either they were the first team to ever do that or they were the first team since, you know, Old Haas what, was, what the, was the first name that you said? Because I guarantee you that's going to be the only tweet with that guy's name in it. Ronel Blanco. <laughs> okay. I'll good get back point. to you in a second. Good we'll point. credit, good, we'll credit good the right the query. person. Here. Nice action there. Uh, but yeah, man, I mean, this team was like just sticking on the strows for a minute. They were as close to perfect as we've seen a team in quite some time here. Yes. And it was it was Jeremy Frank. Jeremy Frank. There we it's go. It's the third Ronel Blanco related tweet that I was able to find. It did not take very long. <laughs> what so did Jeremy quickly. Frank say? Can you read it? 
Yeah. So Jeremy Frank at MLB random stats, every player who has pitched for the Astros this year, besides Ronel Blanco, 6.1 innings pitched and Pedro Baez, 2.1 innings pitched has an ERA under four. That means 99.3% of their innings have come from sub four ERA pitchers. The last team to finish a year with a higher percentage was the 1979 Orioles, which was a hundred percent. And was that not the team, the Orioles team that had four 20 game winners? So I mean, Jim Palmer era. (laughs) Yeah. That's four 20 game winners over there. Um, Yeah. That's a fucking insane stat. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. They are perfect. I'm telling you. (laughs) And, And we talk about their offensive approach and arms done a great job, you know, vocalizing this where, where they are, the combination of the guardians of the Yankees where they can hit home runs. They take the good from the Yankees, um, but they shed all the bad and they don't swing and miss that much. They don't punch out that much. Um, So that's offensively, right? You've got some great stars. You've got a future hall of famer in Jose Altuve, uh, a guy that some believe is already better than David Ortiz and Jordan Alvarez. Uh, And then, (laughs) I mean, you've got like top to bottom, Yuli Gurriel just won a batting title last year, and here he is uh, leading the Astros in hits in the postseason. Led the American, I know, League, led in the American League in batting average <laughs> because he hit like 319 or something. Uh, but that's the offense. The defense, excellent, right? Jeremy Pena is a gold glove finalist. That outfield, there's hard to find anything um, that that is flawed, and they're starting a catcher that can't fucking hit because he's so good defensively. Yep. And then pitching, you roll out a sub-four ERA guy whoever you go to this team has no weakness right jack just to quantify on defense because in the article i listed out like where um they stacked up in the regular season and the the two areas that jumped out at me the most which is something that i didn't really expect was how well the phillies starting rotation from top to bottom remember it gets even better because most of the games that we're going to get are Wheeler, Nolan, Suarez, but there was also plenty of Kyle Gibson sprinkled in there, Bailey Falter, Noah Syndergaard, all these guys. But I'm not going to get into, we'll talk about the Phillies, but the thing that jumped out at me about the Astros was how good they were on defense this year. By defensive war, they had the fourth best team on defense by war. Outs above average, they were second. UZR by 150, fourth. Defensive runs saved, fifth. So not only to your point where they take the good and the good from these teams where contact-oriented guys, but then we haven't even really talked about how good Jordan is, probably the second-best overall hitter in the sport this year by WRC+. But then also they pick it like they're a run prevention team when we look at the bullpen, the starting rotation, but anything in play, they gobble up like nobody's business, but they don't strike out either. They hit for as much power as anybody. If we're looking on offense, like this team had the fourth best ISO and had 214 home runs, which was fourth in baseball while having one of the best contact oriented offenses. There is no weaknesses here. This is about as well-rounded of a baseball team that we have seen in the decade. It's incredible what the Astros can do day in and day out. The case for the Phillies, though, too, which I think is interesting. And and Peter, you've mentioned this, uh, you know, kind of when we were getting into the postseason. I forget what team you were using this point for. It might have been for the Phillies, actually. Uh, But we talk about that stat specifically, and it kind of jogged this thought for me, that, that Jeremy Frank's stat is, of course, that's great for the regular season. But 
the Phillies have been able to trim the fat that got them through the regular season and maybe, you know, skewed some of those numbers, right? We're talking about a second half ERA from Kyle Gibson that was over six, right? Horrible. That guy's not thrown <laughs> in the postseason, right? Uh, we're talking about a Noah Syndergaard who he has thrown sparingly in this postseason, but was pitching a lot more in the regular season for the Phillies because you play every freaking day. But when the Phillies trim the fat and focus on those key players and those guys are up there with anybody, right? Like that's the interesting thing. We talk about the Nola Wheeler combination. We talk about what Jose Alvarado did in the second half, by the way, it was a 1.1 FIP in the second half with nearly 15 strikeouts per nine. Uh, What we saw from Sir Anthony Dominguez, David Robertson. So yeah, they might not have that 40 man deep of just ridiculous talent that the Astros have. But the reality is when you get to the postseason, you just need those core guys. You just need those starters and a few bullpen arms and that's exactly what has gotten the Phillies here, right? And, and I think this is what's going to allow the Phillies to, to compete is the only way where really we'll skew Astros ways if we see one of those 17 inning games again that we saw against yeah. the Mariners and it's just a pitching depletion. That's where, of course, it goes towards the Astros. But when it comes to just playing a series here, top end talent, Phillies stack up with anybody, and I think that's why they're here. Yeah, Arm, I just want to address that point because I'm glad you brought it up because I used it on three different teams when we were first talking. One was the Toronto Blue Jays, who ended up just getting bum-rushed by the Mariners. Yeah, It was the San Diego Padres, who I didn't think would beat the Dodgers, but fell into that category where you trim the Sean Manaya fat and you focus on you, Darvish, Blake Snell, and Joe Musgrove. And then your star hitters back end with, mm-hmm. you know, Luis Garcia, Robert Suarez, Josh Hader, and the offense. Like, that's what you need. And then it was the Phillies where <clears throat> you trim off all the garbage, like in the middle innings, in the fifth and the fourth inning in the bullpen, and the back end starting pitchers who don't tend to matter anymore. Those are the teams that were been successful in the playoffs. Like, I hate how every one of these teams now gets compared to the 2019 Nationals because it's like, it's just a team that didn't win the division, didn't crush, but then got hot in the playoffs. But I think if you are going to use that comparison, the perfect team to do it with is the Philadelphia Phillies. Like, I think the Phillies were not supposed to be here. They opened as plus 325 underdogs to win the NL East. They had the same odds as the Angels to win the World Series at plus 3,000. That was 14th. But then, like, and in the offseason, they doubled down on not having defense, right? They signed Kyle Schwarber. They signed Nick Castellanos. They added veterans like Brad Hand, Corey Kniebel, and Jerry's Familia, who Brad Hand was, like, the guy to blow it. Corey Kniebel, I think, is hurt, and Jerry's Familia isn't even on the Phillies. But then, you know, they had a tough start, and then they got rid of Joe Girardi. They added Rob Thompson. And then after Girardi left, they went 65-46, and They traded, and what was great, what the Phillies did that the Yankees didn't do is they admitted they were wrong. Mickey Moniak is no longer a Philly. They didn't just ride him out and see, like, we drafted him first overall. The the stats are going to regress towards the positive at some point. No, they got rid of him. They traded Logan Ohapi, who I know you love as a prospect, Arm, and they got Brandon Marsh, who helps on defense now. Like, this team was top 10 in basically every single stat. They add Jose Alvarado. Bryce Harper is standing on his head. And in those offensive stats where they were top 10 for most of the year, Bryce Harper wasn't on offense for them for a good chunk of that year. And now when you look at the stats, like that's why I was so impressed when I look back on the Phillies overall stats from the regular season, how good they were, even with all the missteps and injuries along the way. We should have known that Philly was going to do this when they traded Ohapi for Brandon Marsh. 
<laughs> we should have yeah. known, right? I mean, we, we should have been able to see through that. Like, oh, pop-up prospect, easy top 100 guy, probably a top 50 guy. Uh, here we are swapping him for what was considered a, a failed outfielder, right? Even though he's still, what, 24, 25 years old, Brandon yep. Marsh, and he's in his second year of Major League Baseball. We should have known that the Phillies were going to do something special when they started to do shit like that. Yeah, in, in a vacuum, that trade was was wild to me. I, I get it because Ohapi fast-tracked his, you know, his his trajectory to the big leagues and, you know, will be the starting catcher, I think, for for the Angels next year. But, you know, they bought low on Brandon Marsh, a guy that I think the, the Angels would have had no interest in trading prior to the season. It was the Angels, actually, that nixed the negotiations of Max Meyer for Brandon Marsh uh, because, and that was Max Meyer at the peak of his value with the Marlins top pitching prospect before Yuri Perez, you know, really peaked there. So you know, it's it's it was a bold move, and again, it's just those bold moves by Dombrowski really played out well. Brandon Marsh in the second half was spectacular. Yeah, it won 14 WRC plus to go with the speed and the defense that he offers. We talked about the Edmunda Sosa, uh, you know, addition as well, and and what that did for the team. Uh, and then also just getting Bryson Stott right and and trusting him and yeah. letting him work through things. And the thing, the fact that Stott turned it around, I think, is a huge aspect of this. Both Stott and Bohm. Both of those guys, they looked, did they light it up in the second half? No, but they turned it around to the point, both defensively and offensively to just be those accentuating pieces. That's all they need. You've got Rio Muto, Schwarber, Harper, Hoskins, even Segura. You don't need these guys to be superstars just yet. Just don't be gaping holes in the lineup. And we look at some of these other teams that really good at the top really falls off in the back end. Stott and Bohm carried their weight. That was all they needed to do. And I think that's a big reason why they are where they are too. Helping their young guys get better as the year went on, I think, was one of the biggest factors that gets overlooked with this ball club. Do you guys want to play a game? You want to sure. go position by position defensively and say who has the edge? On defense or, or just, just all around? All around, just like quality of player. Yeah, let's do that. Let's talk about Manscaped, and then let's give our overall predictions how we think the series is so, going to unfold. That's what I'm thinking. The way that I'm kind of thinking this is we go around the diamond, who's got the edge, Manscaped. <laughs> Get ready for that, folks. Balls. Uh, and then I, I wanted, like, who has the edge, lineup, defense, rotation, bullpen, and then we give our thoughts, and then I do want to have that MVP conversation to end it. Um, but let's fly around. Let's start behind the plate. Maldonado and Vasquez against JT Real Muto. This is very easily Phillies. Yep. But that's like a that's a big position to kill. Like Real Muto is the best catcher. Mm-hmm. Armstead himself, like by far. Like that is a big edge. That's all I wanted yeah. to say. Yeah. No, no, that's like massive. Massive. <laughs> it's not even in the post either. either. Like I know Maldonado is great defensively, but Real Muto you're is getting better defensively. Arguably as good or better defense and a phenomenal bat. Like it's crazy. So first base, you're you're comparing Reese Hoskins and Yuli Gurriel. I like Hoskins. Totally, totally different players. It's crazy. I, they too. couldn't be more opposite. Uh I like if we're building a team, right? Like you could pick from one or the other. I'm taking Hoskins, right? But Hoskins is such a liability defensively. I know yeah, I don't oh care God. about defense how much at first. You won our tinfoil glove. You won your tinfoil glove. Ugh. I mean, you gotta go Hoskins, though. I know Gurriel's been hot, but I mean Hoskins is is just on a different level. Hoskins has five bombs and 11 ribbies. He's tied yeah. for the postseason lead with Bryce in both those. Also, yeah. Reese Hoskins at Citizens Bank Park 
is Frank Thomas. <laughs> so God. I'll take Re- I'll take Reese Hoskins, but it is close. I'm thinking Gene Segura over whoever the second baseman is for Houston, <laughs> right? Yeah, this probably. is where the Astros take the edge. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, short, it's Pena over Stott. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. By a wide margin or no? Kind of. I would say it's fairly wide because of what he does on both sides of the ball, right? Like what he does yeah. defensively, which you guys talked about. And then offensively, I think he's a better hitter too. Like Stott's, Stott's a better bat-to-ball guy, whatever, but you know, Pena's going to give you those big hits, man. Is he better bat to ball guy? I Technically think there's speaking, nothing. Yes, but like right now, yeah. The way Pena's swinging it too. I no. would go out on a limb and I'd say there's nothing that Bryson Stott does better than Jeremy Pena right now. Grow hair. Okay, there's one. Yeah, that's about so, it. That's it. Third base, not even close. Third base, not even close. Bregman Boom over Bregman. <laughs> um, yeah, taller. And and I want to I want to like eat crow on that one too real quick like I've been a big Bregman hater yeah but who um, hasn't been yeah no I know I know but for me it was like looking at his numbers against breaking balls yeah terrible both right? pre and post that whole thing it just it was too perfect but my goodness his swinging strike rate is non-existent he doesn't chase he hits the ball hard uh, and, and it seems like health was a big factor for him so Bregman I mean. Not only does he have the advantage, we'll, we'll revisit him at, at, towards the end of the podcast because I'm going to make a case about him. But yeah, third base for sure, Bragg. If you lift, if you lift the hood, if you look under it, Alex Bregman might be the best hitter in this postseason on the Houston Astros. Like series over series. Oh yeah, it's yeah like yeah. a three thirty hitter with a bunch of home runs and doing everything There's been no ups and downs. Hasn't he's just love. steady Eddie. I agree. He's just been yeah. consistent. Like Jordan's had the big moments, but exactly. he's also Pena. slumped in stretches. Like I agree. I mean, it's been a, a model of consistency from, from Alex Bregman. So here's the thing about Bregman. When when he was younger, obviously 2017, he, he debuted in 2016, I want to say, maybe end of 2015, but very young in his major league career when this shit was happening. And obviously still a young guy when – he was dealing with all of the repercussions from that. And he, much like Harper, although I think it's more warranted the hate on Bregman than it was on Harper early in his career, was a bona fide shithead. Like Bregman, what he said was douchey. Bregman was a douchebag at the beginning of his career. But now I've liked the interviews so far. I've loved the interviews in the postseason. I was going to say, like, it's really hard for me to hate him right now. No, I'm with you. I'm with you, especially... They interviewed him right after they they clinched, right? And I'm yeah. like, man, this guy's well spoken. Yeah, I was like, you know, damn it. He seems like he's taking it in. He's appreciative. Like it, it was like, damn, you know, um, applaud for maturity, you know. And and it's been really cool to see. And I mean, I'm sure he's a, he's a leader in, in what they're doing there too. I'm sure his teammates. We could talk all the shit about him. People can talk, call him a cheater and whatever. But I can guarantee you, he leads in that clubhouse along with Altuve uh, and Verlander. I guarantee those are the guys that are leading the way for them. I want the meditation program that he's on. I want the sage that he's burning in that clubhouse. Yeah. Yeah. How about, how about gain some inches to your height, shorty? Yeah. No, 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 no height shaming. Um, All right. Left field. um, Schwarber and who it's kind of been a revolving door for the Astros. Right. Like Jordan plays left for them. Yeah, he does. But, do you want to call him left or do you want to call him DH? Um, Holy Titanic battle between Jordan Alvarez and Bryce Harper, the DH. Oh, 
who's going to be starting in left field game one? So let's say Jordan plays left and we're putting him against Kyle Schwarber. Jordan. 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 And, but like, but, but Schwarber is capable of getting hot enough to be better. Exactly. Which is crazy. Exactly. Which is crazy. But as we, you know, we just rounded out the infield. It was three to two in favor of the Astros. Now it is four to two. But R, remember, you know, we were looking at some video. What do you think about Jordan against high heat up in the zone? I mean, yeah, it's been his one little, little gap there. Um, little that's, a, that's a tough place to try <laughs> to, to locate on Jordan. Cause if you tug it down three inches, it's gone. It's gone. Um, uh, I'm, you know, I'm not too worried. I, Schwarber's got some, some gaps too, some blue zones. I promise. <laughs> you think so? Uh, yeah. No, you think he's I got don't a little so. swing and miss. He's got some so. blue zones. Um, <laughs> no, I, it's Jordan. Absolutely. Uh, and that, that really kind of skews it now towards the Astros center field Four two. it Chaz and Marsh. You know, what's crazy. Chaz McCormick in the playoffs so far has an eight ninety eight OPS. No, he's been spectacular. And he's cheating because he throws left-handed and hits right-handed, which shouldn't be I think allowed. that's the worst thing you could ever do. <laughs> like, I, I I would, you know, like Tua Tagovailoa is actually a, a natural righty, and his dad just yeah. made him throw lefty. Ben Simmons. Yeah, yeah, that's another crazy one. <laughs> I, if my kid is not a pitcher, man, I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure he throws righty. But that said, McCormick, 27 years old, like really came into his own this year, 114 WRC plus over the course of the season. I love what we saw from Marsh. I love where he's headed. I think Marsh ultimately is the better player by the time it's all said and done. But at this point, I got to take Jazz McCormick. I want to call it a push. I feel like they're very, very similar. Um, They're both going to be silky smooth in the outfield. Jack and I like to use that term because there's only a few terms that you could use in the outfield. Um, and I think they're both going to hit enough to not be holes in the lineup. Like, I don't see a, oh, this guy's better because of this, or this guy's better because of this. I would call it a push, Jack. I don't know what, where you're at. So I'm just pulling up the regular season numbers right now. Chaz hit 245 with a 739 OPS this year. 245, 739 OPS. Brandon Marsh in the regular season. Worse. Hits 245, but with a 679 OPS. Hmm. I will lean Chaz. I think playoffs fine. haven't been kind to, to Brandon either. Yeah, and McCormick has an 898 OPS, so I will go Chaz. I think I'll lean fair. Chaz. And, and then right, you get Castellanos and Kyle Tucker. I know where I'm leaning here. Nick Castellanos. Yeah. Tom no, I'll lean. I think you got – I mean – It's Kyle, Kyle Tucker, Tucker easily. It's crazy that Kyle Tucker has a better bat. And the defense isn't even on the same planet. Not even close. Not even so close. That's six two in favor of the Astros. Damn. And then DH Harper and whoever Harper. the fuck give me Harper. So six Harper. three. Harper. Six, six three. three. Okay. It's funny, and those gaps though, like the Harper real muto gaps are the biggest gaps you can find. Yeah. But the Astros have a better team. Like that's the whole discussion. That's why Astros Phillies is so fascinating. Altuve and Gene, you don't think that's a big gap? That's a pretty big gap. You know gap. what? There's one big gap. <laughs> All right. Fine. But, I mean, no, the catcher gap is at the, literally, like Peter said, one of the most important positions. Like, Rio Muto can be a big, 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 as we know, big, big, big difference maker in this thing. So, yeah. obviously, this is not the way baseball is played, but it is no. fun to go around that way. When you go rotationally, obviously, way deeper for the Astros. But with the top three. Let's do it. Let's top do it. Top three. 
like combine them all because I don't want to go like head to head each pitcher. I don't, let's just say who are the top three in this series for the Astros versus the top. Here's the problem though. If this goes seven, that's where the Astros really have the, the advantage. Cause obviously we know it's way better one through five, but just for conversation's sake, top three, Nola Wheeler, and then Suarez Suarez versus Verlander Valdez Javier. Or McCullers. I don't know who's going to be that game three starter. So, I would I would pitch Javier if I'm them. I think game four is the biggest game of the World Series. I'm calling it before then. I think game four is the single biggest game of the World Series because it'll be McCullers or Javier against Bailey Falter in the bullpen or Wheeler on short rest. No, I think it's I would be Nola, Nola on, on short rest. Nola on short rest. Oh, Nola's Nola going game or, one. or Nola on short la- on short rest. I think you have to. This is the only way, to. only way you steal this series. And I don't want to call it steal, but the only way that you pull this thing off is Nola on short rest. Nola three times. Nola three times. Wheeler twice. Ranger twice. It's the only fucking way. Only it's, way. I'm with and, you. And if these guys can handle it, I mean, we know Nola's been an innings eater, and, and that's what's really big about it. And that's why I don't, I don't hate the uh we'll, we'll get to the mvp in a little bit because that's do you think that's kind of why rob did that because wheeler and nola are probably working on like pretty identical rest here yeah i mean I, wheeler, wheeler has one obviously, last day what i think wheeler has one less day than nola so but he could have went to either they both have their proper I, rest is it proper yeah. for wheeler I yeah think i think so because he threw on sunday both i think of them nola are like just has more that's that's a typical rest day. So I, I I think that's that's a fair point. Wheeler's been a little banged up, you know, and and obviously Noel has been a guy that just churns out innings. I think the plan is we're gonna ride Nola as far as we can, and I think they're happy to go next season and have him skip a few starts if they have to. I mean, this is what it's all for, right? This is yeah. what it's all about. I I think that's a fair uh, assumption there, Jack. That the plan is. We're going to ride Nola Mad Bum style if we have to. That's the only way we're winning this series. And, man, would that be awesome to see Nola take that Mad Bum roll and just go crazy. And another wrinkle in this, Nola's last start of the regular season Mm -hmm. was a seven-inning shutout performance in Houston. 10Ks? Something like that. Double digit Ks, I'm positive. No hits or one hit? He allowed the hit in the seventh? One or two, maybe? Yeah, it it was... that's uh, it's a good point, Peter. Like he's red hot off of that too. Okay, now counterpoint though, he really struggled in his last appearance. Mm-hmm. Yes, but it's almost like the Padres were due there, right? Is that was in San Diego? Like that was one of those series that you just split. Like that's why we're going to talk about it game by game when we do our predictions, and it's like. Sometimes you just split regardless of who you have one team coming off a high. You have another team that is in a must win situation because you can't go down 2-0 going on the road. And they had to have that win. And like Nola just walked into the fire on that one. That's why when I was talking about like who I think is the best pitcher in this postseason so far, and I said Zach Wheeler, I took nothing away from that Nola start. Absolutely nothing. Because I was like, that's just playoff baseball. Like I feel like Cy Young, Nolan Ryan, if they had a baby and then that they started in that game against the Padres, like the Padres win that game because that's just playoff baseball. I actually disagree in part because I don't think that Cy Young and Nolan Ryan could concoct a baby. I don't know who would be the one birthing that baby. And um, I think 
Cy Young. So carefully here. Yeah. yeah. Why, why follow up naturally? You know, I'm going to move on. <laughs> Let's move on. Speaking <laughs> of reproduction, um, support for the just baseball. Support for the Just Baseball Show brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below the waist grooming. Their products are precision engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package, the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 6 million men worldwide. That's about 12 million balls who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer just for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code JBSHOW. All caps, J-B-S-H-O-W, JBSHOW. Uh, can I be honest? Can I? Oh, no, continue. Sorry, I just want to be honest about these kind of products. I was going to say, you're holding part of the Performance Package 4.0. You're holding the Lawnmower 4.0, which is state-of-the-art uh, genital grooming. Waterproof. It has a light built in. You can do it in the shower. Look at that. A light for you there. So this is obviously the best trimmer that you're going to find. And the nose trimmer, which is also in there, is also the best trimmer that you're going to find. But I don't want to talk about those because those are given. Those are fantastic. You're not going to find anything better. I want to talk about these two products here. The Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant combined with the Crop Reviver Toner. Toner. Gentlemen. Gentlemen, gentlemen, gentlemen. I didn't think that these would do anything, right? I was like, I want the trimmers and that's what I want. But the performance package includes these. I can't stop using them. They smell amazing. It has now become a part of my routine to do a couple (laughs) sprays of these, to do the ball deodorant, and I'm over the moon. I didn't realize I've never used any products like these. And this is not just because of the ad. This is, I will now be a consistent user of these two products. They are amazing. I have a question, Mr. Apple. I have an answer for you. Uh, I have been a long user of the preserver. It was nice to get a second preserver from our friends at Manscaped. Huge fan of that. What does the toner do? The toner just gives you a fresh vibe. It's almost like... um, (laughs) It's almost like this is your deodorant. This is your cologne. What does cologne do? Yeah. Just just gives you an extra sense it, of being it enhances fresh. the vibes. I'm it enhances you. the yeah. vibes. The deodorant is you, you know, you put it under the pits for this one, you're putting it in another region. Yeah. And then this is your cologne. This is your polo Ralph Lauren. This I, is your the couple sprays before you go out and you're feeling like a million bucks. That's what it does for you. Have Jack. you worn the boxers yet? Oh, yes. the boxers are that's actually what I've, that, I've the had best. friends, close friends that put in some orders that always support any sponsors, which I appreciate. And again, like buying any of the, the sponsor stuff, like it's a great way to help the show. Uh, the boxers I keep hearing good things about and the promo code works for any product, right, Jack? Yes. Every product, mm-hmm. any product like it, it doesn't show. matter. There's not. There's not a payment minimum. Like if you just want to get the toner and the preserver. <laughs> just the toner. Peter sold everybody on just the toner. Now, if you want to get if you want to get ball perfume, like you can do that. It's it's what? It's like an $8 purchase on the site. Like you can get 20% off that using promo yeah. code JB show. So it doesn't matter. There is like you don't have to get the performance package. You can get anything within the performance package mm-hmm. um, using code JB show all caps. Again, 20% off free worldwide shipping. Now, here is something that I want to say 
I'm a huge fan of finding really creative ways to waste my time. Okay. And I found a great way to waste half an hour. I read the newspaper that they sent us in the care package. It was creative as fuck. I loved it. There was a newspaper in there? There was a newspaper yeah. in there, and it was Got all about my package. how Manscaped is changing testicular grooming. It was awesome. It really is. I was floored by these products. The Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and the Toner. I was like, what even are these? And then now I can't not use them anymore. So how about that? Um, all right. Ah. Uh, here it is. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code JBSHOW at manscaped.com. 20% off with free shipping. Use code JBSHOW. Unlock your confidence. Always use the right tools for the And job. if you want a link, it's in the episode description. There we go. Easy peasy. All right. Back to baseball. Here we go. Astros, Phillies. We just walked around the diamond. Let's talk lineup as a whole. I want to go offense, defense, pitch, or starting rotation, bullpen who has the edge why and then we make our picks we also talk through world series mvp lineup offense who's got the edge here do we say astros yes but it's very close it's it's closer than we would have ever imagined like if i give the astros a 10 out of 10 i give the phillies a 9 out of 10 i i think it's closer than like any of the other aspects and we'll talk about that here yep. defense i think it's the astros and it's nowhere close right <laughs> it's, it's, exactly. it's laughable it's laughable how, but it might not matter it might not matter like that defense could depending on how the series goes could not matter again i the astros bullpen blows the phillies bullpen out of the water but but trimming the fat let's look at the best four to their best four because Sir Anthony Dominguez is as good of a reliever as we have in Major League Baseball right now. Jose Alvarado is as good of a lefty as any lefty is right now. David Robertson is that grizzled vet who's been there before, who will not be nervous in the big spots. I texted the group chat. I thought it was funny. And like these winner go home scenarios, you got David Robertson pumping 91 after all we see yeah. in the playoffs now is 100 mile an hour heat but it's like david robertson with the 92 cutter and whatever that it is working and then you have like who else is in their bullpen too who am i forgetting uh, i mean bilotti's been great bilotti brogdon's, brogdon's been fine i like brogdon man i'm a fan of watching connor brogdon pitch there's no rhyme or reason here i think he's a tall lanky whippy dude and i think that he's got some stuff that can curl i don't want any part of brad hand don't want any part of him i want a lot of brad hand <laughs> <laughs> I I feel like I'm forgetting one reliever. Am I not? I don't think so. Um, isn't oh Zach Nick Nelson? Zach Eflin. <laughs> Zach Eflin, <laughs> who's been Zach Eflin's been good for them in this postseason yep. so far. Yeah. yeah. So that four combined with a couple other guys, this is a very solid back end of the bullpen, Definitely. which is the most important when you have Wheeler and Nola going six seven at a minimum. So. I, I do think that the bullpen is closer than we thought. And then again, I think that the pitching staff, the starting pitching, especially with the with the top end, is is closer. The problem is just the Astros are built to outlast them. But if they're going to Noah on short rest and Noah's able to pitch on short rest, how does how does that look like we have to look at the rotation almost like a 
1.75 Aaron Nolas. Yes. Is that the proper way to look at it? Like, but at the same time, the Astros could go to Verlander on short rest or whatever. So it's it's tough. But assuming that they go to their to to Nola on short rest, that does bridge the gap between these two rotations. It really it does. does. Because even if Nola is three quarters of what he normally is on short rest, that's better than what we're going to see from the Astros for the most part, unless Lance McCullers is on another planet. I think it's at least a push with what Javier has is, is been doing. It's closer than we think if they manage the staff the way we think they will. If we see a Aaron Savali type of situation, you know, where they decide to go to whoever in game four, Alter. that'd be insane. That'd be Especially insane. a lefty against this Astros offense that is maybe baseball's best against lefties. You that's cannot my concern have Bailey is Suarez, pitch. Man. Suarez, Suarez game three is a huge deficit. Terrifying. And that's not a knock on Suarez. He's a really good big league starter. He's a really solid big league starter. But if we're talking about the postseason, we're talking about the World Series here. That's the biggest gap. They hedge it with Nola on short rest. It's obviously Astros advantage. And my biggest concern is not Nola on short rest. It's what kind of start are they going to get from Ranger Suarez? Yeah. That's my I'm, thing though. Citizens Bank Park, five and zero Phillies. They have just scored more runs and allowed a guy like Suarez. Like I think that we have an overplay in game three where the Phillies offense will show up against anyone. That crowd, <clears throat> like if we're talking about home field advantage, I know the Astros have great home field advantage in Minute Maid, but that home field with Phillies fans just screaming noise like you've never heard before, that is a that is maybe the hardest pay- place to play a sport right now in America. So that was my line of thinking. If if a game flies over the over, right? If, if a game is going to be five runs north of the of the total set for it, the Phillies win. That's a game that the Phillies win. I think the Phillies win slugfest. But my thing is, I don't. How do you turn a game against this Astros pitching staff into a slugfest? I don't think you can. I think it's hard. And I think, but it's like when I look at how good these pitchers are, because Christian Javier is not perfect. We saw him be perfect against the Yankees team that he just owns at this point. Oh, yeah. Verlander just owns the Yankees. So we saw like some vulnerability against the Mariners for a guy like Justin Verlander. Like when I'm looking at the starting pitching, like when I'm trying to handicap this series, I look at Nola and Wheeler in the front two games. Like if they can split that, and I don't want to get straight into it now because I have a whole bit that I'm going to do, but I take Nola and Wheeler over any two starters the Astros can give you. I do. I think that's fair. It is. But like Verlander, I think that that one start was was tough. It was off a, a longer break than he's accustomed to from off of the regular season. This is a long break now, too. Yeah, I don't know exactly how many days it was the first time around. Um, but, yeah, I, I'd take that two-headed monster with anybody. I would with the Phillies. So, I think that's fair. Again, that's where my concern really comes in is game three. It is the the difference in game three. And it's really going to come down to can the Phillies get to – it's going to be Javier game three, we think, right? Probably. Or McCullers. Yeah. Or McCullers. Whatever. Regardless. I bet Javier. I bet can they get, I would go Javier. I would go Javier too. If if they go McCullers, then I definitely could see a slugfest. I just think you know McCullers is a little bit more one dimensional, uh, and you know it's it, he's just not going to be able to dominate you with the fastball the way Javier can. I, it's tough, and I think the big X factor b- besides Aaron Nola is going to be how they respond in that game three. 
And if they split in those first two, I mean, that's what it's all about. But yeah, it, what do you think, Jack? So the, the way that I see this going up about is Arm and I have our popcorn ready and we're just enjoying the shit out of games one and two. Arm's really panicked during game three. I'm really panicked during game four. And Peter is like in the lab looking up at the TV while these games are happening. Very similar to the scene in Moneyball where Billy Bean is working out very aggressively and will occasionally turn the volume on the TV and not look at it. That's how I see Peter watching this World Series. I will be in a dark room, all lights off, just staring. So trying, actually trying the complete opposite. The spin. Yeah, just actually the complete opposite of that buddy ball seat, I'd say. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, it's tough. Uh, I'm going to stand by game four being the most important one, but I absolutely see where you're coming from in game three. And game three is in Philly. So um, we'll see. Should we Should we say who wins and how many games now? Let's do it. Okay. Uh, Aram, you first. Astros in six, which is probably the most common prediction there. But yeah, I'm going to go Astros in six. I need to hear your reasoning. Break it down for me a little bit. Break it down. <laughs> this is this is gold. Break it down. Yeah. Um, I, I do think there's a scenario where, where the Phillies push a game seven, and that's where Aaron Nola is great on short rest, and Zach Wheeler is great in, in that second outing. I, I, I think that's very possible. So I – for the sake of fun, I adjust Astros in seven, which I think you get the best out of the, the two-headed monster, and I think the gaps are going to be too big to fill. You get a short start from maybe Ranger Suarez, which leaves you a little bit exposed. Could we talk about the back end of the bullpen, how good it is for the Phillies, but the difference is we talk about a slugfest and how that could go in the Phillies' favor. But I could also make the opposite argument. If we go to a slugfest similar to an extra innings game where we're seeing a revolving door of relievers and pitchers, we just talked about it. No matter who the hell the Astros put in, they have the capability of being lights out for multiple innings. Don't think you can say the same about the Phillies. So I think in those ugly games, we're going to see that depth that the Astros have start to, to, to shine and, and be a difference maker. And I'm worried about that in game three. I'm worried about that if Nola is not able to, to be efficient. That's what he does. He is efficient. But let's say he's not efficient on short rest. How do they respond to that after maybe using their bullpen more than they wanted to in game three? I could just see it being a situation here where the Phillies are toe-to-toe with them and the Astros outlast them. And I think that's what they've done all postseason. And I think they're going to do it one last time here in the World Series and outlast the Phillies. We haven't even talked about Minnie Verlander. In Hunter Brown, a guy who can come in and just shut down innings. Luis Garcia, a guy who can shut down innings too. Or if, if need any of these, be, guys. Like, let's They're say literally... Christian Javier, young pitcher in Citizens Bank Park, like gets bombed a little bit. Then they put in a Luis, Cas- or Luis Castillo, Luis Garcia, or a Hunter Brown to weather the storm. And then they go Three four shut out. Like, would yeah. anyone be shocked if that no, happened? No, of course I not. wouldn't be at all. So I agree with you, Arm. That's what I was like when I was writing this article. I came into this going with the Astros. And the more I thought about each individual game, and maybe this is my complete respect for Wheeler and Nola and how truly good I think these guys are. And this is the way I thought about it. Games one and two with Wheeler and Nola against Justin Verlander and Framber Valdez. We know how well that the Phillies can also hit left-handed pitching. And Justin Verlander is 0-7 in the World Series. That is a stat. That's a stat. Justin Verlander has not been as he's been overall good in the playoffs, but in terms of the decisions, 0 and 7. 
So Justin Verlander and Framber Valdez against Wheeler and Nola. I think it's fair to say that they split. I don't think that's unfair to say. Game one, game two, however you want to call it. Maybe Verlander wins in game one, but then Wheeler beats up on the Astros and or the other vice versa. Then you go into three games in Citizens Bank Park. Ranger Suarez, then you have probably Nola, then Wheeler again. I think it's fair to say where the Phillies are 5-0 and in Citizens Bank Park, where it is seems almost impossible for teams to win in that environment, that the Phillies can win two of those games. Not all three, but two of those games. Remember, there's some guys on the Astros where they are young. Like when we say Hunter Brown, we say Christian Javier, they haven't felt this Citizens Bank craziness yet. So I am giving the Phillies two of those wins. So now we're going back to Houston with the Phillies having a three to two series lead with Ranger Suarez starting game six. I am giving the Astros that game. So now it's three, three into game seven and you have Nola Wheeler, all the bullpen guys, all the pressure is on Houston, but they then do have home field advantage because the Phillies are coming into this, in my opinion, as free as possible. They shocked the world. They shouldn't be here. The Astros should be here. They were projected to be here. All the pressure is on them to win this series. Then in game seven, when I have Nola, I have Wheeler, and I have the entire bullpen and a free-flowing offense, I think the Phillies win that game. They win in seven. Phillies in seven. Jack? I just hope both teams have fun. <laughs> All right, MVPs. <laughs> you know, no, you know, come on. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, I, I thought about it in a, a very similar way. And for the sake of brevity, I'm literally just going to walk you through what, what computed in my brain. I love it. Game one, Verlander, Nola. Give it to Verlander in Houston. Game two, Wheeler and Framber. Give it to Wheeler. Split going back to Philly. Game three, lefty Ranger Suarez against the Astros offense. Give me the Astros in game three, 2-1 Astros. Game four, Nola on short rest in front of a home crowd. That's fucking sick that he's on short rest. Philly's going to be behind Nola against the colors. He's going to be pure adrenaline. Yeah, so like command issues. That is not a good recipe in Citizens Bank. Yeah, I mean, give me a torqued up Nola over McCullers. So 2-2 at this point, right? Game five is going to be uh, back Verlander, to Verlander Wheeler. against Wheeler. Wheeler at home? Give me Wheeler at home. So 3-2 Philly. Game six is going to be Valdez and Ranger in Houston. Give me Valdez and give me Houston. Game seven going to be an exhausted Aaron Nola against Christian Javier making his second start. Give me Javier in Houston. Astros in seven. Outlast. That's kind of where, where I was exactly. at too. Yeah. Uh, which well, the beautiful thing is really, I think we're on the same page here and game seven, anything can happen. Yep. And that's, that's where the, I hope that's what happens. That's right. What I, I hope say, that's right? what happens. Then I don't care. I don't care who wins, but if we get seven games, unbelievable. Especially after be... nine combined in the LCS, like yeah. we got five yeah, in, in like, the NL four in the AL. Yeah, like, thanks a lot. Seven. Padres and Yankees. Thank you. one win between the two of them this series is fascinating you have the underdog story 
the team that was projected to be a fringe wild card team that changed managers in the middle of the season that made questionable moves and now is in the World Series with Bryce Harper with the legacy postseason facing off against the most well-rounded, swept-their-way-in yep. team with home field advantage. So this is an incredible series. Here's the really interesting part, too. And I think this is something that we have to acknowledge. Dusty Baker is, has been there, right? I, yep. I'm going back to the World Series. Rob Thompson has done a lot of things very well to get here. A lot of things very well. But I don't know how much Rob Thompson has been challenged to manage in the postseason so far. And that's not a slight on him. The, the team's just been great. Right, they they took control against the Cardinals, and I mean they they won that series pretty easily against the Padres for the most part. I would say maybe the Braves was was that challenge in spots, but they kind of boat raced them in a lot of ways too. So I, I, this is going to be one of those where it's a chess match, and how does Rob Thompson rise to the occasion? I have no opinion. I have no idea. I just can't wait to find out. This is a guy that I think is going to be a great manager. Obviously, the Phillies feel that way too, but. Sometimes you got to learn the hard way to become a great manager. And this might be one of those instances where he learns the hard way. Dusty's a vet. He's been there. He's got a lot more weapons to use. The margin for error is thinner for Rob Thompson, right? You go to the wrong guy here or there, or you deplete your bullpen in this game, and now it doesn't shake out the way you thought. You don't have as many backup plans. Dusty can go to the wrong guy, yank him quick, go to another guy. Like He's got a lot more weapons at his disposal. How does Rob Thompson rise to the occasion and manage his team? And Dusty's mind is going to be working a little bit slower than Rob Thompson's, right? Like he's going to have a, a slower heart rate. I'm I'm saying like he's going to be more calm, cool, collected. I thought you were calling him old. No, I no, no, no. Not, not calling him old. I'm <laughs> no, saying, it's true. He's he's gonna he's gonna be a little bit more calm. He's gonna be able to take that breath and say, okay, like this is what I've been doing for years. Versus Rob Thompson, he's like, holy fuck, I'm in the World Series. Yeah. Yeah. And the Astros, too, you know, six straight ALCSs. They, in the last six times, they've been to the championship four times. They are one and three. Heart rate as a team going to be a lot lower than the Phillies. Agreed, but they have not proven that consistently they get over the top. While they have been the juggernaut, this is not a they've won two straight and they're going on their third. This is not, they've been four times and won two of them. They've won one of them. Oh, and so. they ran into the overachieving hot team last year, right? And, exactly. and I think and that's not to take anything away from the Braves. They're a fantastic team. But last year, they were that hot, overachieving team that rode it out, and they outlasted the better team on paper, right? So it, it's going to be very, very fascinating. Let's, I guess, wrap up with the MVPs. Yes. Or who's going um, to win the MVP? Let's do, if the Phillies win... Mm-hmm. here's who's going to be the MVP. If the Astros win, here's who's going to be the MVP. I'll kick us off. If the Phillies win, I think Bryce Harper is going to be the MVP. He's at plus 700 legacy cementing postseason Bryce Harper. What I will say is plus 1800 for JT Real Muto is very exciting to look at. So that's that's my thought there, very quick. But I, I do think if the Phillies win the World Series, it's because Bryce Harper did something fucking stupidly spectacular again. Arm, you want to go ahead? Yeah. Uh, so here's my thing. I think if the Phillies win, kind of what I alluded to earlier, it's because of Aaron Noah. And again, it's going to be like this this historic postseason performance from a pitcher. Aaron Noah's plus fifteen hundred, by the way. Um, and which is a crazy bet. Crazy. Uh, 
I, I generally don't like taking pitchers in these series, but Noah's going to get every opportunity, right? And I think if the Phillies win, it's because Aaron Noah gave you two great starts and maybe a third good outing. Like that, that is why I think if they're going to win, it's going to be because of Aaron Noah. I think Harper will be great. But if, if you have 15 or 18 innings from Aaron Noah, it's impossible for him not to win it in that, in that regard Uh, for the Astros. I just think, wait, hold on. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll do, we'll do Phillies. Let me wrap up on Phillies. We'll 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 sneak around with Astros. Um, So you guys, you guys had my picks. Um, I wrote in the article, uh, Bryce Harper is my favorite pick over there. Plus 650 plus 700, whatever. Um, I think he will put the team on his back offensively and lead this team. The storyline, the narrative, it all makes sense. That's my favorite pick. And my second favorite pick is the one Aram mentioned with Aaron Nolet plus whatever you can get him at. I think to Aram's point, it's a little bit scary taking a pitcher, but it's not like it's never been done before. In 2019, this is why... I think the 2019 Nationals comparison that's used for everyone actually makes sense here because who won it in 2019? Strauss. Steven Strasburg at the at the front of their rotation. Going back to 2014, Madison Bumgarner for the San Francisco Giants. Arm talked about Aaron Nola ha- could have that Madison Bumgarner type postseason or Zach Wheeler. That's why I think I'm sp- going to be sprinkling on Zach Wheeler too. I think you go with the hitter and Bryce Harper. I mean, obviously, like someone could just come out of the woodworks and and crush like what if you know jeremy pena won the alcs mvp like what if a reese hoskins hits a home run in every game and wins like anything like that could happen happen. but what we can do is look at history and how are the phillies going to win this probably on the backs of bryce harper and on the backs of those two starters so my picks are bryce harper aaron nola and i think Zach Wheeler is worth a sprinkle depending in that game seven. Like let's say they go to Aaron Nola for three innings, one time through the and lineup, then, then Z- Wheeler, let's say he goes five or something. And Zach Wheeler gave them also two great starts. Like Jack, to your point, let's say Aaron Nola loses game one against Verlander Wheeler wins then wins his next start, then gives them five. He could then end up winning that award. So I think that's how you go with the Phillies. Yeah. All right. Stroh's Peter are me. So, Aram, when you were talking about Bregman, I was on the exact same page as you were. Um, And when I said lift up the hood, who has been the most consistent best hitter for the Astros in the playoffs so far, and that is Alex Bregman. I don't see a pitcher for Houston, like really taking that step where it's like, man, it was all on Verlander's back. He won't be needed. There's no pitcher that'll be needed that much. Exactly. And I think Jordan is a great pick here just because he's fucking unbelievable and it you got a bunch of righties coming at you and nolan wheeler and i'm pretty sure jordan does pretty good against right-handed pitching so that's a good one but then i looked at bregman's splits and you wouldn't think that maybe bregman is a reverse splits guy he's almost got a 900 ops in the regular season against righties he can hit anybody and then if you put him against ranger i'm sure he'll do okay so i'm gonna go with alex bregman as my pick and i'm not sprinkling anywhere else that is my pick if the Astros were to win it. You or me, Jack? You. All right, nice. Um, yeah, so Bragg, Bragg is 100%. I'm in on that one, too. Uh, the way he has looked at the plate, too, just from like a a pure just baseball standpoint, his takes are so easy. He looks so comfortable. He looks confident. Talk about a guy that's been there. He's not going to be phased by Philly. He's not going to be, he's been hated and booed and yelled at for the last several years. I don't think it's going to be anything new. It'll be a little bit louder, 
but that's about it in Philly for him. You know, I, the Peñas of the world might be a little bit different, but I think that guy's built for those moments. I I really want to sprinkle on somebody else, though. I, I do. And Yuli. I think it's got to be Yuli Gurriel. Yeah. Plus 3,000. Ride the hot hand. Why not? Because baseball makes no fucking sense. And Yuli Gurriel is going to be the, the dude, the Steve Pierce to win the, the MVP oh, of, this, yes. of this World Series, right? Uh, Gurriel is such a good hitter, man. And when he's locked in, I know it was a bad year for him, but he's such a good hitter. Such a good hitter. That when he's locked in, he can, he can you know, just be as consistent as anybody. Those odds are crazy for me. If you're getting the guy that's going to be in the lineup, what we presume every single day at that money with the way he's hitting, I'm in. So, but Bregman's absolutely my pick. Sprinkle on my guy, Yuli Gurriel. Yeah. Baseball makes no fucking sense. That's why Martin Maldonado is my pick. Uh, <laughs> disagree. What I will say is Kyle Tucker's been a little too quiet this post. Yeah. Right. And, and there's a lot of right-handed arms that Kyle Tucker's going to see. And plus 1,000, uh, plus 600 for Jordan is very uh, low. Like I, I was thinking, I was like, mm, that that doesn't feel exciting enough because he's the leader, right? Isn't he the odds on favorite to win this award? Yep. Um, I do like Kyle Tucker here much to, uh, you know, your guys' point about right-handed pitching. Like Jordan going to see a lot of right-handed pitching. Kyle Tucker is also going to see a lot of right-handed pitching. We know he's going to play exceptional defense. And you know what? If it's, he if, if he parks a couple, I, I really like it. It's crazy. I actually like just had this weird vision of him robbing a home run and right at at Minute Maid. Yeah. So just letting you know that already happened. Yes. Um, so just that'll be baked in there too. We'll have the highlight real catch. It's just gonna okay. be about how much he hits, but the robbed home run's already done. It already happened. So uh <laughs> full transparency here. Um besides like going on TikTok to post, I don't spend much time on TikTok, but when I do go, like I'll scroll on the following page for a little bit. Uh Trent, our friend Book It Trent, he like his thing where he says um, I already saw the first touchdown or something. <laughs> I, like I haven't that. seen that. That's it's really so funny. funny. It makes That's me really laugh funny. really hard. It's like I already saw it. <laughs> I he you know he hasn't hit what all year. <laughs> <laughs> he's over. There have been so many primetime games. There's someone that tracks his bets. I think he's over 17 on those, but <laughs> you can't take away that man's confidence. He already saw it. I already, he already saw, saw it. it. And then he does this thing. I yeah. it was funny. Very oh funny. gosh. But yeah, I already saw the Kyle Tucker Rob home run. <laughs> I love that. Okay. World cool. That's Series. Um, wow. I've got Astros and seven. Arms got Astros and seven. Peter's got Phillies and seven. I hope <laughs> yeah. we're all right. I, just seven games. Just please give us seven, seven games, please. I would Based trade God's, being please. wrong for seven games any, any day, day of the week. I'll be any... wrong. I don't give a shit. I've been wrong yeah. before. I'll be wrong again. Just give for me seven. seven. For seven games of this World Series with the star power, I mean, I'm really excited. The last thing I want to say, I'm really excited to see the ba- the the TV ratings. I was I was worried we were going to see a a Braves Astros rematch. That was my prediction. You know, early earlier in like midway through the season, and I think there would have been a little bit of a uh, here we, like again, this again. You know, yeah, of course we would have enjoyed it because it's two great teams and base you know serious baseball fans would enjoy it, but. There is a novelty to this that is really cool. Not only that, the last time the Phillies were in the World Series, I went with my dad, and it's one of the, the my favorite games I've I've been to. That didn't 08? start till like eleven o'clock. It was Game Three against the Rays, and oh my gosh, it was rain delayed. I was to, there till two in the morning, uh, but it was one of my favorite memories, and I couldn't believe that it's been that long. 
since the the Phillies have have been to the World Series. So uh, it, it, it's really an awesome, awesome matchup in a lot of ways. And it's just what makes baseball so fun. And I hope a lot of people tune in. I, I hope the ratings are great. I think they will be. And this is going to be one of, I think this is going to be a classic in a lot of ways. I know we bet on the ratings last year. Do you want to do you want to place a little wager on the on the ratings? Are you going to be the 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 Debbie Downer who says the ratings are going to be low again? I don't think so. Give me a number and I'll tell you which side I'm on. Uh, I, we got to research this. We'll do this on the next podcast. We'll yeah. I'll give you an over under because I did cash that bet. By the way, yeah. So I Tomorrow. I spent an entire episode saying nice things about Arm. You never really, you never really did it. <laughs> Tomorrow, the just baseball first team. We're going to go through all of it, too. Um, we wanted to do this episode a little bit early to give it some time to breathe. Um, but the first team is coming tomorrow, and we'll make that bet on the ratings. Use code October15. Get yourself some Just Baseball merch. 15% off. That code is still alive and well. The best way to support this podcast is to get yourself some Manscaped by use code JB Show all caps, which is in the episode description, to get 20% off free worldwide shipping to manscape use code october 15 in order to get 15 percent off just baseball merch or just give us five stars um and if you have any comments about how we're doing the show anything that you want to see be sure to leave that in the review as well as on youtube too hit us with a subscribe give us a like let us know in the comments who you think is going to win this is going to be one of my favorite worlds because it's just it reminds me so much of Braves Astros in that way. And what a series that was. I mean, mm-hmm. this is this is must-watch TV, and we're going to be glued to it. I can't wait. With that, thank you, everybody. Thank you.